March 29th, Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson from Post Media along with you. Coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi, Wes. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Breaking news. Do we have an alert? No. I mean, we, I guess we do have We do have a, a little bit of Flames news. I don't know if it is... Um, the uh, the breaking news variety, but 2021 uh, second round pick William Stromgren is going to come over from Sweden. He uh, is going to join the Wranglers for the rest of this year and then start a three year entry level deal next year. So second uh, signing from that 2021 draft was first two picks, I believe, Coronado and Stromgren. So they've got them both signed. One coming out of college, one coming out of uh, coming out of Sweden. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Stromgren's guy who played for Sweden at the World Juniors this year, and I, I know had been a, a sort of high, you know, high level offensive player as as a young guy, and and played this season in the Swedish Hockey League. The Flames feel like really sort of rounded out that defensive part of his game. You hear them stress it all the time with. Young players, you know, it's never going to be a finished product, but uh, they like the way he's trending. And uh, good news to see him sign now and then coming over to join the Wranglers. So I'm curious. I'm a curious boy on this Wednesday. Uh, Curious, Pat, uh, because I'm curious as to how all my friends are feeling. Uh, My friend Wes, uh, you, my friend listening on podcast or on radio right now, or even the people who don't want to consider me a friend and Listen out of spite. Whatever the case may be. And there's at least 2,000 of you out there. Um, <laughs> I'm just curious as to how, how you're feeling on this Wednesday. So the Winnipeg Jets are pissing their season away at an elite level. Like this, the San Jose Sharks and Chicago Blackhawks and Anaheim Ducks could take lessons from the Winnipeg Jets on how to tank a season. Winnipeg is putting on a clinic on how to take that submarine dive lever and put it right into the ocean bed. So the Jets have been awful. Seven wins in their last 20. Um, so you've got that going on. And just a, a, a 3 nothing loss that complete... San Jose has won twice in their last 15 games, and both of them have come against Winnipeg. The the Ooh. Jets the Jets are doing everything in their power to not make the playoffs. Could you could you have possibly wanted to give Rick Bonus a hug any worse during that media scrum oh last night? Oh my goodness! And don't worry, oh. we will we will get to that as this hour goes along. Because how can you not talk about Winnipeg when you're talking about the Flames right now? It's impossible not to. So you've got that going on. The Jets just complete like they're taking their balloon and instead of slowly letting the air out they're popping them like every night they're popping another balloon and you know that house and up eventually it's just it's going to come crash landing down and then you've got the flames who played one of their bar none best games of the season tuesday against the la kings full marks on that 2-1 victory which could very well have been 4-1 uh but they win 2-1 so it counts as it, the good news is it counts on the one goal win stat so that's good and now the gap's two points and and you know me, I've been fairly unmoved 
over the last three or four weeks as to good or bad where the Flames sit. When when things have looked really negative, I've kind of been, yeah, but everything's still on the table. This thing ain't over. And when things have looked a little rosier, I've been like, yeah, but it's still a pretty uphill climb. And, you know, it's it's, uh, it's a tough road to traverse. They call it a fence sitter. Oof. What a beat. You were going to get people now on the text. I'm like, See, I told you, Pat, you're always sitting on the fence. Look at what you've done. I've just kind of felt the entire way as this fence sitter that it's a tough road to traverse, but there's no reason to wave the white flag. And for three or four weeks, it's felt like that. At seven back or at three back, because they've been as close as three and as far back as seven over the last three or four weeks, I think. Yeah, as... Yeah, sorry. I was going to say as close as two heading into Los Angeles, but that was a game with a chance to get within two. And so... Your math is correct. But for the first time, it feels a little different. Doesn't it? Yep. It feels like the road has fewer potholes or fewer spike belts or wild animal carcasses or whatever. It feels like the Jets have done a really nice job of clearing that road for Calgary and Nashville. Um, And the Flames have done their job of clearing it. So, yeah, I don't know. Even the most pessimistic Flames fan... I'm looking at you, George. Um, even the most pessimistic Flames fan, I think you have to be feeling a little bit more optimistic. Maybe you're not, and and no judgment if you're not, but I think some of the most pessimistic Flames fans are feeling a little bit more optimistic about where this team is. I know for me, I definitely am. What about what text line? 960-960. And what about uh what about you, Mr. Gilbertson? Well, I think to now be within two points of of pulling even with the Winnipeg Jets. And, and we've talked at great length about the fact that let's look at this as a three-point gap because of where the tiebreaker is most likely going to shake out. But at, at two back from drawing even and with a head-to-head still coming up, I think you have to feel more optimistic today. I, I don't know how the... Snowball's chance and you know where crowd could say today that the Flames don't have an opportunity to get into that wild card spot. Now, to your point, the road between Calgary and Winnipeg is quite literally still paved with some potholes. There are some hurdles that are going to need to be cleared, and there's those pesky Nashville Predators that refuse to go away. How about that win over Boston? Oh, good for them. But from a Flames perspective, with eyes locked on that team that you're chasing for the final wild card, it sure feels a lot more attainable today than it did last night before the San Jose Sharks did you a huge favor. Yeah. Well, I don't even look at it that way. The Winnipeg Jets did the Flames a huge favor. That too. Good on the Sharks for, for walking through the open door, sure. but um, And good, if I might add, good on the Flames for the way that, with the exception of that stinker in Los Angeles, they've played in the last several weeks. We're talking about a team that is 7-3-2 and two now in their last dozen that deserved to win that hockey game last night. Yes, Jacob Markstrom was superb, but I thought, from my vantage point, the, you know, the Flames deserved to leave with the two points last night. And so credit to them for giving themselves a chance at this thing. They're putting themselves in position. And the way that the Winnipeg Jets have been crumbling without a whole lot of back pressure, you kind of wonder what it looks like next. 
What if you can be even when you head to Winnipeg next Wednesday for that game? We're a week away from that game. One week. Looks like it should be a fun one. And and this is this is what I suppose the the Calgary Flames have been keeping in the back of their mind. They they know that they've been written off by a lot of people more than once. You know, I asked one of the players yesterday, is there is there a little bit of a you all counted us out and we're going to prove you wrong thing going on in here? And and he said, "Yeah, absolutely there is. We we know everyone said we were cooked." And and so good on him for hanging around and geez, it sure looks like the Winnipeg Jets are going to make this really interesting. And we'll 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 dive in on on Winnipeg a little bit later on, but yeah, I, I I'm curious as to where you are on the text line as to if you're feeling a little bit more optimistic about things or if you're feeling more pessimistic about things because I I can get that. I've already read a few of the texts that would maybe li- li- uh, land on the the latter side of that that would skew a little bit more pessimistic. I just for the first time you're like, "Okay, you know, Winnipeg could really piss this one away. And and I don't know, honestly, the Flames have not won three in a row. They've got that opportunity to do so Friday in Vancouver, which I think is a landmine game. I really do. The Canucks are taking points off of everybody right now. Yep. And it's this one-off road trip. I, I'm not suggesting that it's going to happen because here's here's the, I guess here's the, the positive or here's the, kind of thing that keeps me really interested in that Canucks game on top of where the Flames are and the fact that the Jets will be playing Detroit that same night. But here's an opportunity where they have squandered feeling, seemingly every opportunity to do this so far to flip the script in that all year. We've had games where we've come out of the Saddle Dome or you've come out of a road building or we've turned off the television and been like, Damn, that Flames team looked good. That's that's the Flames team that so many people envision coming into the season. And then they followed up with just an absolute dud. And and you know, you even look back at that LA, the 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 game last Monday in LA where their last opportunity to move within two points right. with even games played, and they absolutely squandered it by getting rolled up. So here's an opportunity for them to flip that script. They may not get another opportunity to flip the script. They may not have an opportunity to truly get on the win streak that will allow them to not back in or be pushed in by the Jets. Because you still want to win to get your way in. Here's your opportunity to do just that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I understand those who are texting in that are are feeling pessimistic. That those I understand those saying, show me. You know what? Show me. I, I've fallen for this before. I got excited. Yep. I got optimistic. And then you guys went and got the wheels beat off you by the Los Angeles Kings. That was the last time I think this fan base allowed itself to to start to get excited about what the potential might be. So I I absolutely understand if you're mid-text right now saying, ah, I, I've been fooled too many times by these guys. You just brought it up yourself. They have not won three in a row since December. They have a chance to change that tomorrow. You're absolutely right. The Vancouver Canucks are playing good hockey right now. They've played two one-goal games. Who hasn't so far this season against the Calgary Flames? You know, these these two trips to Vancouver are going to be tough games, but Winnipeg's coming home, right, from a long trip that went terribly. They're, the, the heat that they're going to be feeling tomorrow when they hit the ice in Winnipeg is going to be 
substantial. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this on Thursday, then it would be too. Yeah. Make sure you check out this podcast again tomorrow when what I'm saying will make a little bit <laughs> more sense. Be. Yeah. When, when the Calgary Flames hit the ice on whatever night they happen to be heading to Vancouver, this is a real opportunity for them. Yeah. Not only to finally win three in a row again, but geez, you could be even by the end of that night. And yes, the, the Predators are there. I, I see your texts. I know we're not forgetting about the Predators, but you have to... Well, if you're Calgary, you're trying to chase down the team that's... You have to. That's cl- now, again, the Flames have two teams in front of them, realistically, because both the, the Calgary's 10th by points percentage, which at this time of year I think is more representative than strict points. They're 10th. Nashville's in front of them on points percentage, so is Winnipeg. And those two are really close all of a sudden. Right. Because the Jets are now, what, three back with two in hand? Like the, sorry, the Preds now. Like if you're in Nashville, you're smelling blood and you're feeling good. And especially coming off essentially a 2 nothing shutout of the Bruins in Boston, the Preds have to be feeling pretty good about things. Uh, we'll get to the text line in just a second. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see how different places that you go to on Twitter or different numbers that you recognize on the text line to see how their tone has changed or how their tone hasn't changed. And that's not to suggest that if it's changed or hasn't changed, that I'm being critical at all because that's part of being a fan. Part of being a fan is riding the roller coaster and feeling awesome when things are going well and feeling doom and gloom and like it's never going to happen when things aren't. And it's just as much being a fan, especially of this team, where you're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really don't, I don't want to get my heart broken. I don't want to, I don't want another ninth place finish. I don't want them to miss by one or be tied and miss. Um, so I, I get it from all angles. Wouldn't, I really do. Wouldn't that be the absolute worst? Yep. Tied for eighth and lose on the tiebreaker. And that's, that's on them. That's their own fault. Yep. They've put themselves in that position by not figuring out ways to win one goal games and win games in regulation and all that type of stuff. And the Jets put themselves in a spot where they can piss away their season the way they are and still have a cushion on a pair of teams that because of what they did in the first half. This is, this is where both teams are. Right. But yeah, I'm feeling a little, I, I don't even know, like, yeah, I'm feeling more optimistic, but I think what has really stuck out to me is that for the first time, it feels like game 79 in Winnipeg, which we've always, or, or which we've been talking about for quite some time. And then game 81 versus Nashville. It just, it's hard to see how those games don't mean something. And maybe game 82 does, maybe game 82 doesn't. But the fact that it feels like the Flames will be playing games that mean a ton into the 80s. I don't know if there were as many people who thought that coming out of the Vegas loss last week when they were six back. I can't remember exactly which game it was, but there was one um, one home loss that I walked out of the locker room, and I remember saying to you or to someone else, "It was Vegas." In the, I, in I the almost, media, I almost, if you're going to say what I think you're going to yeah. say, I think it was Vegas last week. And did I say there's no belief left yeah. in there? And, and that's the way I felt at that point. And I'm really intrigued to walk into that locker room tomorrow because the way it worked out last night. Winnipeg was still playing in in San Jose. So the Flames win. They move within four. They would have seen uh, that Nashville beat Boston. 
there's not necessarily, or sorry, they move within two, but with Winnipeg still, still in action. Yeah. And so there wasn't that sort of level of excitement that that was sort of a finalized result for the evening. And so I'm totally fascinated to walk into that room before their flight tomorrow to Vancouver and, and try to gauge how much belief there is because it should be a lot. And that doesn't mean that everyone on the text line or, or everyone, you know, I, having a beer with their buddies tonight and having the same discussion in Calgary. That doesn't mean everyone should feel that same way, but those players in the locker room absolutely are going to be feeling it. I hope so. I, I, I hope that the belief is a little bit higher. They've, they've been able to close a gap here and I don't know if they're going to be able to close it completely. I really don't. Um, and part of that is because here's, I don't know if I have less confidence in the jets or less confidence in the Flames being able to put together a run because if you're a Nashville they're 75 fan, games in. If you're a Nashville fan, you don't feel too bad. No, if you're Nashville, you're like, okay, those two teams haven't figured it out. Maybe yeah. we can split the middle and slide in here. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. They, there is no evidence to suggest that the Flames can rattle off the last seven, but there is no evidence all of a sudden to suggest that they're absolutely going to have to. I don't know, Wes. It sounds like you're sitting on the fence there. I am. <laughs> I I'll, Let me tell you about a radio idol of mine. In my, in my storied radio career, uh-huh. there's this Patrick Steinberg. Taught me literally everything I know, which is not a ton at this point. No. And, um, and I hope I hope that you I hope that you scrub everything that you've learned legendary. Let me tell you, legendary fence sitter. Seems mean. <laughs> Seems mean. You you have no idea how how triggering that is because the amount of times I'm like you know just because I don't have a strong opinion on everything or I don't say you know what the flame should sell the team doesn't mean I'm sitting on the fence. How how so can now you? I'm fighting against the text line and my partner. How can you not sit on the fence on this team? That's because true. every one, every sure. night it's something I shouldn't say every night is something different but the the consistency you know like the the roller coaster ride continues uh, you know as i put it the other night in something i wrote suddenly it looks like the roller coaster is not back to the loading dock yet yeah this thing this thing is going to go feels like it's right going to be to a 81 6 month roller coaster yeah, ride yeah absolutely it is and there's a lot of reason, you know, if you're the if you're the glass half full guy, there's a lot to be encouraged about. Jacob Markstrom was absolutely terrific last night. He's playing really good hockey. I'm, yeah, they're giving up some chances. I I don't know how Kevin Fiala had a breakaway from Blackfoot Trail in last night, but I I don't mind the way that they've basically been able to play without Chris Tanev. I, I think they deserve credit for what they've done defensively while understanding that there's there's going to be some blips there. And they're getting contributions from their forwards. They they don't have a ton of passengers right now. And so, yeah, you, you kind of have to sit on the fence. But if you're looking for reasons to be encouraged, there's a lot of them right now, including what's happening two provinces to the east. Yeah. Let's read a few texts before we uh, zero in on that team out east. Um, this says, uh, no getting excited, Pat. The first two callers yesterday didn't allow fun. Don't dream it's over. The spectrum of belief goes from me, Wedley, to George. I've been believing for weeks. 
And now the text will come in calling Pat a negative snowflake homer. Good point. It's uh, I I run. I'm a I'm a negative. I'm too negative, but I'm also the worst homer. And uh, I'm too. Sometimes I'm too. No, I'm too strong defending my opinions. I don't let people. Uh, don't don't people let people have their own. But also I'm offensive. That's the. Uh, There's a lot to unpack here today. It's a therapy session. Um, this says from Joe and Copperfield. This team has been the fence sitter fans team since Iggy got traded. Um. This says, I don't know, Pat, Flames are the Ferrari of hockey. All they do is disappoint. So, yeah, Ferrari this year and every year for the last about decade. Yeah, they, they really do uh, disappoint. This, is, uh, this says, there's nothing the Flames have done this year that gives me any confidence they'll make the playoffs at all. This, the gap is definitely closed between all three teams, with Winnipeg absolutely stinking it up. They've opened the window for everyone. Really don't care about draft position at this point, as the Flames can't really drop that much further than where they already sit. Ray and Calgary, those games with Vancouver won't be easy. They're playing really well right now. I'm a cautious fence sitter with Pat. Uh, This, it's sad this club has been up uh, so up and down the last 10 years. Unprofessional effort every few games. This from Magarsa. Just win, baby. Uh, I'm in this till the wheels fall off, and hopefully they don't. They have it right in front of them. It's a big opportunity to take care of business, to take care of the games in front of them, and hopefully they'll get a little bit of luck on the scoreboard. Uh, This says if they play like this and still miss, I'll be okay. Uh, Cole says I'm back on the wagon. Uh, Jamie and Airdrie says I don't know if the scariest part of where the Flames sit or if it's the best part that they're back in it with Walker Dewar as their best forward. More on Dewar a little bit later on. Uh, this says winning a game last night something to get excited about. They haven't had a good year, but the goal is always to first make the playoffs. They're not out of it and closer to the playoffs than they were before yesterday's game. The Flames are in control of their own destiny. You don't need to be the best team in the league to get in, because as we all know, it's an entirely different beast and style than the regular season. It's still going to be hard, but let's see how this goes. Noah, I'm pessimistic and definitely still not optimistic. You cannot underestimate how many times we've seen this movie and how many times they've shot themselves in the foot. Uh, This, I'm looking at it as if they can beat the Jets... In the head-to-head, all they have to do is get one more point uh, than them for the rest of the season. Ben in traffic, I'm still pessimistic because if the Flames get in, they'll just lose in round two to the Oilers or something depressing like that. And finally, uh, absolutely nothing has changed for me. The Flames are going to have a fantastic ninth-place finish. The season's been all give you hope and crush your dreams, and it will end the same way. That's from Walshy in Strath, Vegas. Still have not found Eeyore's tail. That's just a little bit of the smattering on the text line at 960-960. And then there is the Winnipeg Jets, who just, and we don't have to spend a ton of time on them, but just listen to Rick Bonus after their 3-0 loss in San Jose on Tuesday night. Because this team, they, you might as well call them the Winnipeg Flames, because they are the exact same team. And the conversations that are be ha- having, like people are lighting themselves on fire in that market right now. The Twitter comments, the Reddit, the subreddits, everything—it's the same conversations. They should be tanking. All about getting Bedard. Why aren't they playing young players? And then on top of all that, they're having trouble beating bottom dwellers. Sounds similar. They can't score with a bunch of shots. Seems similar. Heard this. Can't string wins together. Yep, heard that. Uh huh. And the head coach is on different pages as their top players. 
Ooh, yeah, that that it, one's familiar too. Feels like it feels like the the same team is playing in the Manitoba Capital. Listen to head coach Rick Bonus after the loss to San Jose. The inconsistencies of some of our players uh, is hurting us. Um, you know, if some of these guys think they're giving us everything in their tank, they're dreaming. Um, so we got a lot of guys in there giving us everything they can, and we just need a few more guys to jump on board. It's not over. We're still in eighth spot, and uh, we're going to find out what we're made of over the next little while. How do you reach those guys, Rick? The guys that you need are from, how do you reach them? Listen, that's what, that, there's, there comes a point where your pride has to take over. How do you reach them? It, 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 there comes a point where their personal pride has to take over. If someone has to go in there and, and point that out to them, then, uh, then, then there's, there's a big problem right there. So... As I said, we're going to find out what we're made of. We're going to find out what everyone in that room is made of over the next little while. You know how easy this year it has been to, you don't need a magnifying glass to, like the the font is 26 point when reading between the lines, when Daryl Sutter has been making comments and you know that he's talking about Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri. All you need to do is go look at Jets Twitter to know exactly the two guys that Rick Bonus is talking about. Uh, They were 55 and 26, Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. And and there is no doubt that those are the... Even go listen to Mark Shifley postgame following the Jets' loss. He's singing from a completely different hymn book as his coach. There's And so that team is an absolute mess. They're a, a, a fiery dumpster wreck. And so you've got the same things happening there. And a coach that is clearly having trouble getting on the same page with his top players and vice versa. Vice versa. So I don't know anything. I don't have no idea how this thing is going to end. When, when you're the coach of the team that's in the playoff spot and part of your quote is it's not over yet in a positive way. Yeah, things aren't going great. Like he just... Buried oh, those two guys. And good for him. I didn't, we didn't get to see much of the game last night, right? I can't, I can't. I saw t- a good chunk of it. Did you? Yeah. I, I'm writing post game. I, I can't profess to be an expert on all that ailed the Winnipeg Jets in San Jose, but that's a mess. That's a mess. Yep. There. Absolute mess. And I mean, that's not to say it hasn't been here because for the better part of 75 games here, it's been that. So I'm not trying to suggest that, oh, well, we're, we're sitting here in our ivory towers and, and looking down on the Jets. We know what the Flames have done this year, too. That's why we keep calling the Somebody on Twitter stealing our word, but kind of put the, the point totals and what they're on pace for, Calgary, Winnipeg, Nashville, and said, we are witnessing the battle of mid for, <laughs> so true. for the last playoff spot in the Western Conference. And it is true. Yeah. I mean... It could end up being like 91 points that gets you in in the final wild card. Yeah, and I and and this is another topic for another day. So someone's going to get in feeling good about themselves, but I I don't think the number one seed is shaking in their boots by any of the three because of the type of season that they've had. Yeah. And, and let's cross that bridge when we get to it. Certainly, if we're sitting here in two weeks talking about the Flames having a chance to clinch in game 82 or or having clinched in game 82, there's going to be a lot of optimism around the fact they might be able to upset someone in round one. But right now, we've got a bit of a, a turtle derby happening to get that final wild card. And 
it's a great opportunity for the Flames or one of those two other teams. Somebody's got to step up and grab it. Do they? Huh, maybe not. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I don't even know what day it is. Hey, you're listening to uh, Fence Talk. Uh, we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Wet basement. They have a lasting solution to keep your basement dry. If you experience any water in your basement, contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Flames Talk is live on Calgary's Hockey Station. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson of Post Media, and now the Daily Flames Roundtable brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, where they appreciate you for trusting them with your vehicle. Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, just minutes from the Calgary Airport, and the third member of our roundtable is the voice of the Flames, Derek Wills. And let's start with a uh, a fun one. The the legend of Walker Dewar continues to grow. Walker Dewar Ranger continues to uh, continues to enchant Flames fan the Flames Flames fans rather. This uh, undrafted college free agent signing scores another big goal on Tuesday. The game winner in a Tuesday two one win over the L A Kings. Guys, it's been a really fun story. His metrics are off the charts. What he's doing when he's on the ice. With limited ice time, is really impressive. He's scoring big goals. He's been a presence even when the offense isn't there. He and Lewis seem to work really well together. But guys, what has allowed Walker Dewar to be a big difference maker on this team? Well, I just want to say I'm a big fan of Pat Steinberg. Big flan? Keep up the good work. Yeah, big flan. Hmm. Um, I don't think I've ever had flan before. <laughs> uh, I hear it's good for your digestive system. Mm, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, flan flakes. Uh, as far as Walker Dewar is concerned, the, the one thing that jumps out to me, guys, is the pace that he plays with. He's a really good skater for a pretty big guy, and he plays with pace every single game. And playing with pace goes beyond just skating fast. I think you have to think the game at a pretty high level as well, and I think Walker Dewar does. So the fact that he's played with pace on a line that, when you have Milan Lucic out there, you'd like to, to bring someone that plays with a little bit more pace. And you know, Trevor Lewis, I know he's up there in age, but he still plays the game pretty fast. So I think that, like you said, him and Walker Dewar have been a, a good combination on that fourth line. I also think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. And why wouldn't he be? He's got six goals and 10 points in 21 games. And he's played the vast majority of his time on the fourth line. To be almost a half a point a game player in a fourth line role, that's really impressive. And as you said, Pat, not only is he scoring goals and producing points, he's scoring big goals and producing big points. You look at the last two games, scores the game-tying goal and then gets the primary assist on the game-winning goal in that 5-3 victory over the Sharks and then gets the game-winning goal in what I think was the biggest game and biggest win so far this season for the Flames, that 2-1 win over the Kings on Tuesday night. So, you know, Walker Dewar has been such a pleasant surprise. And normally when uh, you're in your first NHL season and playing on the fourth line, you're just trying to blend in and not make mistakes uh, and not hurt your team. But he's done the opposite of that. Not only has he played fairly mis- mistake-free hockey 
you know, he's jumped off the ice on a lot of nights and he's getting better and better by the period and by the game. And uh, for a four fine player in his first NHL season to have the impact that he's had, that's really, really impressive. And uh, he's a guy who I'm not sure has top six potential in the NHL, but I could certainly see him playing uh, a third line role moving forward. There's no doubt about that. As the old saying goes, there's no cheering in the press box. But as a big fan of 90s country, the more often we can hear his goal song, the better. So, what is it? Dumas Walker by the Kentucky Headhunters. Hmm. So keep it coming. Keep it coming, Walker. This kid from Cochrane's really enjoying it. I, I like your point, Willsey, about the pace he plays with because he absolutely does. He and I think Daryl Sutter alluded to this the other day when we were talking about him. He he doesn't he doesn't I, I I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. He he understands what his game is. And he was a bottom six player for the Calgary Wranglers as well. That line that he was playing on alongside the captain, Brett Sutter, more often than not the third line for the Wranglers. And so he gets the job description. And I think that's what has led to his success as well. He's become this sort of emerging fan favorite. I, I love chatting with him. I, you know, I love his sort of aw shucks reply to being the first star the other night. And, and yet, you you see these comments out there like, well, maybe they should bump him up. May you know, let's see what the potential is. He he has made that fourth line better. And yeah. I'm not saying you can't throw him on the third line for a shift or two and try and inject some energy, but he's he's in the right spot for me. And and he brings a, a speed and a simplicity that I think has really made that checking line more effective of late for the Calgary Flames. And the offense is just a bonus. Yeah. So, guys, to me, I think the biggest thing that has that, that has jumped off the page to me is that I – and look, he's only 21 games or 22 games into his NHL career. Like, he will finish this year and be up for a new contract with less than 30 NHL games to his name. So I think that you have to – you know, I, I and I, I'm not suggesting it's going to go this way, but you know, I remember a sim- there, there's kind of two similar stories. There's Josh Juris, who was an awesome undrafted college free agent for a season or two, and then it kind of dropped off. And then there's Garnet Hathaway, who's turned into the rare coveted fourth line player. There's not a lot of coveted fourth liners in the NHL, and. I think that Hathaway has turned himself into a guy that teams come. You don't sign a four-year deal to be in a fourth-line role unless you're a kind of a rare player who fits that mold perfectly and helps you win. And that's that's where the Flames saw Dewar when they were scouting him at Minnesota State Mankato. They, they saw him as... Hell, Wes, you talk about him not playing a top six role in the AHL. Barely played a top six role in college. Absolutely. Uh, talk, talking to the Flames, like we loved him every time we saw him at college, but he didn't even play a lot then. Um, but I give a lot of credit to, to the area scouts and to Craig Conroy, who kind of leads up the uh, amateur, uh, the, the college free agent signing part of things. And, and Conroy was the guy who, who got this deal done. And, and uh, I give a lot of credit for for seeing something in this guy that wasn't even playing a ton in college, being like, well, we can still see that translating to pro. We can still see, and to your point, I hate the term stay within yourself or that player stays within himself, but sometimes it applies, and it applies to a guy like Dennis Gilbert, and it applies to a guy like 
Walker Dewar. He he knows what he is. He knows how to have success, and he knows what he can bring to a team. And I think he's got a really good chance of turning into that coveted fourth line player that you're like, yep, that's one of the the rare guys that we know is a fourth liner or or a guy that's a bottom six player, but might get a two or three year deal. Most of those guys get one year deals, and that's how they live in their NHL life cycle. This guy might be one of those guys that can be a a two- or three-year deal type player because of how effective he can be. He creates matchup problems. And and look ahead to Friday against Vancouver. You know, you'll you'll probably take the way, and no knock on Lucic at all because he's been better since he came off the being the healthy scratch. But the connection that Lewis and Dewar have right now, I think you'll take that against a lot of fourth lines in that in this league, the way they're playing. If you can have matchup advantages on your fourth line and on your third line, that's a really, really good thing to have. And right now, that's exactly what Walker Dewar is doing. So I give him credit, and he fits that like a glove. I don't even know if you need him to ever be elevated. If he is a really good matchup advantage, fourth line right winger for the rest of his career, he will stay in this league, get contracts, and help teams win games just at a lesser impact than Tyler Toffoli does or David Pasternak does or other right-wingers in this league. Yeah, and when you have the types of contracts the Flames do, especially starting next season, you need to find value elsewhere on your roster. And you know, having a homegrown guy like Walker Dewar who – is having an excellent first part of a season in the NHL uh, and who understands what his role is and, and plays it, I wouldn't say to perfection, because uh, you're always trying to get better as a player, even when you're playing at a high level, but plays his role really well. I, I think there's value in knowing who you are and what you are and just trying to be the best version of that. Was it Glenn Gullitson that said, you know, look at the back of your hockey card. And, yeah, that and was be, him. Yeah, be be the best version of that well that's what walker Dewar's is doing right now and it's what he did with the calgary anglers and i'm guessing it's what he did in college as well and i really think that to, to your point wes he has elevated the fourth line to a point where at times in games and even in some games you could argue they've been the best line playing the role that they're asked to play and Milan Lucic, I give him credit because the first time he was a healthy scratch for three games, he came back and played some really good hockey. And after being a healthy scratch for two games more recently, he's come back and played some really good hockey. You know, Trevor Lewis, I know he takes some heat. I don't really understand why. He's on a great contract and as a guy who you can move up and down your lineup and play at all three forward positions and helps your penalty kill. He's been really consistent for me this season. And it's good to have a veteran guy like that at center playing with not a young guy because Walker Dewar is not young age-wise, but he's young by NHL experience. And that's been a really good combination. That fourth line is giving the Flames some really good minutes. Even when they don't do damage offensively, they're spending considerable time in the offensive zone and setting the table for the next line that comes off the ice. And, you know, Walker Dewar has brought a different element to that line because of his combination of size and speed and skill. He's helping his line mates just like his line mates are helping him. And the, the Josh Juris Garnet Hathaway comparison is an interesting one for me because Dewar has similar size to Hathaway, but I don't think he's as tough, doesn't play with the, the same type of edge. But I would say that his skill set probably more closely reflects that of Juris. 
So a bit of a combination between Juris and Hathaway for me, and a guy who I could see being with the Flames for a long, long time, playing in a bottom six role and, and playing it really well. I think the kind of cool thing that we're witnessing right now with Walker Dewar, and I had a good chat with him earlier this week. There's a feature up on the, I just tweeted it out on the, and it's on the post media sites. I think the the really cool thing is here's a guy who, because he was a bottom sixer in college and a, a bottom sixer in the AHL, here's a guy who has been hell bent on just making it, just, just getting an opportunity and, and just, reaching that top level was the ultimate goal as it is for everybody. But I think he's discovering now the way he can not just be here, but impact it. And I mentioned that to him earlier this week and, and he agreed with me. He said, you know, you, you work so hard to get here and, and you're playing with guys that you looked up to as a kid and, and you're kind of, he didn't use this term, but you're kind of starstruck to be in an NHL room. And, and then, he said to me, and I just thought it was such a, a cool thing. He said, it's cool to be in the room with these guys, but it's even cooler when you score a goal or you have an impactful shift and they tap you on the shin pads and say, hey, great job out there. And this is a guy, and I understand why fans love him. He's so easy to root for. This is a guy who's realizing sort of before our eyes at a really important time of the season, how he can impact NHL games. And it's been fun to watch. Yep. Good on him. Yep. Neat story, and uh, we'll see how it keeps on rolling. Uh, he is also due for a contract at the end of this year. Uh, it is Steinberg, Wes, and Derek on your Daily Flames Roundtable this Wednesday. Um, okay. Seven games to go. Everything's still on the table. Playoff race is tight between three teams, and right now, I like I like if you were to say I'm putting money on this team of the three, Winnipeg, Calgary, Nashville, I don't like it's it's tough to say. Nope, that's a stupid pick cuz I any one of these three teams at this rate could be in the playoffs. Give me one thing that absolutely needs to happen. One thing for the Flames to earn a playoff berth at the end of 82 games. Sounds crazy, guys, and I wasn't uh I wasn't in this position even a few days ago, but if I had to put money on one of the three teams right now, I'd put money on the Flames. I really would. Uh, I hate the Predators schedule. Uh, I don't like the fact that three other top players are out. Uh, I don't know how long they're going to be out, but that makes it even tougher. And I know they pulled off a, a big upset in Boston, beating the league-leading Bruins last night. But even a blind squirrel finds it out once in a while. Uh, and I'm not counting on them having uh, an above 500 record down the stretch with the quality of opposition that they have to play. And I, I did a little bit of reading on the Jets this morning, trying to figure out what's going on there. And it sounds like they're kind of imploding, doesn't it? I, I mean... Rick Bone is calling out star players, including Mark Shifley, who kind of pushed back and you know, said, this is the way I've played and, and what I've done to have success throughout my whole career, basically talking about holding on to pucks instead of uh, the high shot volume that Rick Bonus wants from his players. So there's a little internal strife there, it, it sounds like. And you know, to go into San Jose and get shut out by a Sharks team that had lost nine in a row in a game that had to feel like a must-win game, that's not a good sign for the Jets. And I know the Flames have had some of those games, but maybe not to that extent, at least not recently. And the Flames, I think belief is building inside that dressing room. And I know that belief is building uh, for a good chunk of the fan base. And if there is one thing that I would say that has to happen, or I think the better way to word it is can't happen between now and the end of the regular season, there can't be any more games 
where fans are watching the team or we're watching the team asking ourselves this question. Do these guys even want to get to the playoffs? Because there have been too many of those games. And fewer of them of late. I mean, there was that game against the Kings uh, last Monday where I think we all kind of wondered, do these guys really want to get into the playoffs or are they ready to, to go home for the summer? But they've responded well since that loss. But there can't be any more laying eggs. And they've done that against teams below them, well below them in the standings, way too many times this season. And now they've got the easiest schedule in the league uh, based on how their opponents have performed to this point in the season moving forward. So you've got to beat up on the quote-unquote bottom feeders, which has been easier said than done for a lot of good teams around the league. The Canucks have been beating a lot of good teams. The Coyotes have upset a lot of good teams. Even the Ducks uh, and Sharks uh, from time to time, and the Sharks did it last night against the Jets. They're beating good teams. So I'm not saying the Flames can or should take any of their opponents lightly, but you want to see them win all those uh, winnable games. And then, of course, they've got one or two massive games coming up. And I don't know what that game against the Predators is going to mean, but chances are next week's game against the Jets is going to be huge for both teams. And if you can win that game in regulation, then I think you take a big step towards clinching a playoff spot. So the Flames just can't have any more games where we're wondering, do they want to get in or are they ready to go home for the summer? I got to give you two things, but I'll keep them brief. Hey, hey, that's Derek's job. Derek's the one who always goes more than one. I think I just gave you five. That's so a good point. Well, I, I, I got it down to two. They need Jacob Markstrom to play like he did last night. And, and they need him to play like that for the rest of the season. And by that, I just mean he's going to need to bail these guys out a few times as he did last night against the Los Angeles Kings. And so that's number one for me. They they need Tuesday's Jacob Markstrom. And, and here's a guy who's been consistent for the last while, but they need him to keep it up. And number two, and Derek touched on this, they need the Nashville Predators to knock it off. This is a team that should not be hanging around based on the injuries, based on the schedule, full marks to them, they are. That's the other thing for me that's key for the Flames. They need the Predators to just, hey, guys, just beat it already. Would you be what you're supposed to be? Here's here's what it comes to. To me, there were uh, there were two things. Haley asked me this on, on the Hockey Central show earlier on, on Wednesday, and there were two things. One of them, Markstrom's got to keep it up. Um, so had you not had you not gone down that road, that would have been my one. So... It's it's they got to beat the Jets like that is non-negotiable. If they don't beat the Jets in one week from when we're talking right now, they're not making it. I and I I'm I'm quite confident on that. Uh, so they got to beat the Jets heads up in that game. And yeah, in regulation um, is is not just preferable; it's almost also non-negotiable. Uh, to me, that is without question. You got to beat the Jets. You've got that is why. We can say right now the Flames hold destiny in their own hands. So go take care of it. If they beat the Jets, heads up, then they deserve to be in the playoffs. If they don't, they probably don't. And as far as the Predators schedule, guys, listen to this. So they play the Hurricanes, who lead their division. They play the Golden Knights, who lead their division. And then they play the Wild, who lead their division. And the Avalanche and the Stars, who are within one point of the division lead. Their easiest games, quote-unquote easiest games, are against the Jets, who are a playoff team, the Penguins, who are trying to be a playoff team, the Flames, who are trying to be a playoff team, and the Blues, who aren't going to make the playoffs but are still a pretty good team. 
Like, that schedule is ridiculous. And tomorrow night, they'll use one of the two games up that they have in hand. And if they can win that, then obviously they improve their chances to get in. But I just can't see the Predators with what they did at the trade deadline, with the injuries they're dealing with, and with their schedule being better than both the Flames and the Jets going down the stretch. The question for me is, can the Jets figure it out? And can the Flames avoid doing what they've done too many times this season, and that's losing games to teams that they have no business losing to, at least in my opinion. And I know there are some out there that consider the Flames to be one of those teams at the bottom of the league, but I don't. I don't think that uh, they belong in the same conversation as teams that are closer uh, to getting most the most ping-pong balls in yeah. the Connor Bedard sweepstakes and they are to a playoff spot. The Flames aren't one of those teams. They're not. If you want to call them a middle-of-the-pack team, that's fine because that's what they've been, but they're not you know, a, a bottom-tier team in this league. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating, and I give the Flames a lot of credit because a lot of people had written them off even a week ago or a few days ago, and, and they've turned the corner here. Can they keep it going? That's the big question, and uh, we'll start to find out the answer in what I think is going to be a, a tough game against the talented Canucks team that's playing loose and winning games coming up on Friday night. Thank you, Wilsey. Okay, guys. He's Derek Wills. He's Wes Gilbertson. My name is Pat Steinberg, and that is your Daily Flames Roundtable, brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, where they appreciate you for trusting them with your vehicle, Mercedes-Benz Country Hills, just minutes from the Calgary airport.